It's the 2022 World Cup. It's the squad update for England. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. And today we are updating England's squad for the 2022 World Cup. Yes, we've done a podcast on the, the groups, which took a close look at England's team, uh, as well as uh, player media casts, which went through each player, uh, each of the candidates for making the final squad. And that ended with a prediction of starters. So this media cast is an addendum to that. In other words, we won't be repeating all of that information, but we'll simply be adding on to it. It's not necessary to listen to that uh, previous version, but the conclusion we draw here um, are both uh, based on that information and explained in more detail there. So we recommend the full player podcast, but um, if we have time, we are also hoping to release a player version uh, focused solely on the final squad, which would give the bios of just those 26 players. Right. Well, the uh, final squad has been released and uh, for only about half the teams, actually, a preliminary squad too. Uh, England's uh, case, it was just the final squad. So today we'll find out how accurate we were in our predictions uh, during the full podcast. So we're going to list the name of the candidates uh, here again and then announce who made the preliminary and then the, or, or then announce who made the final squad in England's case. So as we guessed, most squads had a few surprises, uh, players who didn't make it and new or unexpected players who did. So we'll go over those players and summarize them again at the end. Yes, and we'll also discuss whether the selections and the games played since June 2022 have changed our thoughts uh, on our predicted starters and on the team's progress. So uh, maybe before we begin, I, I, I have to uh, say something about your shirt, Connor. Uh, Wales shirt for, for the England podcast? I don't know. Yeah, especially with them being in the, in the same group. Um, you may think it's uh, blatantly antagonistic, um, and maybe it is, but um, I will pro promise to be unbiased during the podcast. All right. Well, I have, uh, uh, I'm, I'm more on topic. I have a shirt uh, from the 1958 World Cup. It's just a plain white shirt uh, with a, a splash of red underneath. It's actually a different shirt. Uh, back then, shirts were made of wood. So this is a little bit uncomfortable. Okay, this is just a lie. I'm just making <laughs> making all of this up. It's it's my lack of shirts, Connor, that I'm trying to cover up. Yeah. Well, plain <laughs> white isn't bad. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, let's begin by looking at the formations. Um, we're really focused on the September uh, uh, friendlies here, the only games that they've played uh, since June 2022. But uh, we'll just take a look at a, a bigger picture, starting with the Euro Cup. Uh, where they played seven games, uh, their World Cup qualifying, a couple of friendlies in there, and then the Nations League games, which were in June and September. So uh, any observations there, Connor? Well, England really do um, use a lot of different formations. Um, sometimes one up top, sometimes three, sometimes three at the back, sometimes four. Uh, in the most recent friendlies, England used a 3-2-2-2-1 system, um, which they actually used um, in one of their Euro Cup games and in a couple games of World Cup qualifying. So it's not unprecedented, um, but um, I guess the main conclusion is England don't really seem settled, but perhaps the fact that they use this 3 2 2 2 1 
uh, and both their recent friendlies um, suggest that they could start with something uh, similar to that. Yeah, we have about 50-50 uh, between four at the back uh, versus three at the back. Um, what's your view on that? Uh, do you think they have a preference there? I'm not sure, and I guess I, you know, perhaps needs to do more detailed analysis to see if they're using it against particular opponents. Um, but um, yeah, like I said, they just, like you said, 50-50, they kind of move around a lot. So um, I think perhaps in the World Cup, we'll see different formations as we did in the Euro Cup, where various formations were, were tried out. Uh, yeah, and uh, up top, we see uh, uh, most of the time it's uh, one at the top. Uh, so that's obviously Harry Kane. Um, but sometimes a 4-3-3 formation with uh, um, uh, two outside forwards. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, and, and some formations have kind of a, a three behind the striker, which gives a role for a central attacking midfielder. And other positions exclude that uh, exclude that position. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure really what we'll see kind of on uh, for England's opening game. Yeah, it makes the analysis a little more difficult because, uh, yeah, we're not sure if it's going to be three or four at the back or one or three at the top. So we'll have to uh, kind of take that into account as we're going through the uh, positions here. But let's move on and uh, uh, to the squad, and we'll begin by just uh, talking about the manager. Yeah, uh, Gareth Southgate. Um, he's been the manager since 2016 um, and was a former player for England as well, of course. That's right. And, uh, you know, um, obviously a, uh, uh, a player who made the, he made the squad, Connor, literally yeah. made the squad, actually. Uh, okay, goalkeepers, we'll begin just by going through the names and their likelihood, uh, or the likelihood we gave them in the main podcast of making the squad. Uh, Connor's going to take us through that, and then I'll go through and, and announce which ones uh, made it. Yeah, so we had one definite candidate. That was uh, Everton's Jordan Pickford. Um, we had two likely candidates, uh, Nick Pope of Newcastle and Arsenal's Aaron Ramsdale. Um, we had one possible candidate in Sam Johnston, who is a backup for Crystal Palace. Um, and then two possible but unlikely, um, Tottenham's Fraser Forster and uh, on loan at Nottingham Forest keeper, uh, Dean Henderson. Right, and I'm going to begin by simplifying our task by getting rid of the ones that uh, didn't make it. So the possible but unlikely, Fraser Forster and Dean Henderson, were not selected. And the possible candidate, Sam Johnson, also not selected. So we're left with, uh, well, basically the three who made it then. Uh, Jordan Pixard uh, selected, Nick Pope, and uh, Aaron Ramsdale. So uh, at the end of the podcast, we're going to talk, uh, come back to this and talk about who we think is a starter. But uh, we are, oh no, I'm actually going to summarize just by uh, saying who, uh, uh, a brief summary of the position as it's gone and particularly who played the September game. So uh, actually Pickford only played seven of the 13 games since the 2021 Euro Cup, but his starting position was never in much doubt, at least through that period. Uh, all three candidates, though, including uh, Sam Johnson, got a start. Sam Johnson not making the squad. Uh, however, the June Nations League game saw something of a challenge from Ramsdale, who started two of the four. And actually, that continued into September, uh, the September Nations League games, where Pope played both. Does, does that surprise you, Connor? 
Yeah, a little bit, and more kind of a little bit jumping around a bit more. Um, but I think Gareth Southgate, he he tends to um, tend, tends to go by some of his stalwart players. Um, so I I don't think it it's a real threat to Jordan Pickford, who's kind of been the number one for most of Southgate's time. But um, yeah, it, it does I guess leave some doubt in the mind as to who who could start the first game. Yeah, that's right. Well, we will talk about that in more detail at the end. And uh, meanwhile, move on to defenders. So who do we have for central defenders? Yeah, we actually didn't identify any definite candidates, but we did identify three likely candidates. Um, that was Harry Maguire of Man United, uh, Man City's John Stones, um, and Everton's Connor Cody. Um, and then for possible candidates, we had four, uh, Tyrone Mings, uh, ben White, Arsenal, um, Fiaco Tomori with AC Milan, and Crystal Palace's Mark Gahey. Uh, that's right. Okay, well, um, I'll tell you who made it. We'll delete the ones who didn't. Uh, Tyrone Mings uh, didn't make it. Um, uh, Mark Gahey uh, not selected, and uh, Fikayo Tomori. Uh, not selected. However, uh, Ben White, the one portable candidate there, did make it. And uh, the other three also made it. Um, Harry Maguire, uh, John Stones, and uh, Connor Cody uh, all being selected. But we do have a new candidate coming in. And I got to say, I, I kind of uh, I, I kind of felt we made a mistake at first missing him. Uh, in the in the uh, main podcast because we didn't mention him, and it's Eric Dyer. Uh, yeah. yeah, selected for the squad, and um, uh, but it turns out he uh, he had been off the squad for quite a while. So we'll introduce him uh, his bio because we didn't do that during the main podcast. He had returned after an eighteen month absence in September twenty two and started both of their remaining games uh, uh, in September. Yeah, the, the long absence is uh, surprising because he does have 47 caps uh, coming since 2015, but yeah, none over that previous 18-month period. Um, he's played for Tottenham in England since 2014, but actually started in the Sporting Lisbon Academy, so a bit of an unusual route for an English player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and in terms of tournaments, he was a starter in the Euro uh, 2016. Um, in in the World Cup 2008, though, he only started uh, the B-team games, games three and seven there, and then uh, not selected for the Euro 2020, um, even for the preliminary squad, uh, the 33-man preliminary squad for Euro 2020. So I hadn't actually marked his uh, absence in my mind, but uh, now that he's back, uh, I'm kind of alerted to him. Okay, let's take a look at the position. Um uh, Harry Maguire and John Stones uh, uh, during and since the 2021 Euro Cup were the main starters. Uh, Mings and Guayhi got starts but didn't seem to be posing a challenge. And uh, actually the right defender, Kyle Walker, was the third, uh, the right-sided central defender when it was a three-man central defense. But as we saw, uh, Dyer returned from a long absence in in September to start both of those Nations League games. It'll be interesting when we get to the discussion of starters, uh, whether we put Dyer among them. But let's move on to left backs here. And who do we have? 
Yeah, so a few candidates at left back. Um, we had two possible candidates. Um, that was Luke Shaw of Man United and Ben Chilwell with Chelsea. And we had one possible but unlikely candidate in Tyreek Mitchell uh, with Palace. Right, and uh, Tyreek Mitchell was not selected, so we'll delete him from the uh, list here. And uh, Luke Shaw did make the squad. Uh, however, Ben Chilwell uh, didn't. He got a hamstring injury uh, quite recently, actually, from early November, which put an end to his hope of being selected. Uh, his return date is unknown, but a hamstring injury, uh, you know, usually a longer term um, a longer term thing. So Ben Chilwell um, will mark him in, in red as an, as an injury. Yeah, he's had an unfortunate amount of injuries in his career, especially since moving to Chelsea. Yeah, and it looked like he had a pretty good chance. Uh, we only had him as a possible candidate, but, uh, uh, you know, I think he did have a good chance of making it. Okay, in terms of the position, and now this may be a left-winger position when it's a three-man defence, often the defender uh, moving up to, to cover the wing. Uh, it was an unsettled position throughout uh, the period from the Euro 2021 to June 2022, with several players stepping into the role, including the versatile uh, defender Trippier and uh, other out-of-position players. So uh, uncertainty continued into the September Nations League games, where right-wing Saka uh, moved over to play the left-wing position again, the three-man uh, defense. So, uh, however, it was back to a bit more normalcy with Shaw playing in the second game. So there we have it, and we move on to uh, the right back position. Yeah, this is um, a crowded territory for England, but we'll we'll talk about some of the names. So we had as a definite candidate uh, Chelsea's Reese James. Um, we had as likely um, Kyle Walker with Man City and Liverpool's Trent Alexander. Arnold. Um, and then we also had um, two possible but unlikely candidates in Leicester's James Justin and Southampton's Kyle Walker-Peters. Right. And those two you just mentioned, we can uh, delete from the list. James Justin and Kyle Walker-Peters not selected. Uh, Reese James, however, um, uh, got a knee injury in mid-October, which ended his hopes of reaching the cup. And that'll keep him out of club action also until uh, mid-December, so a big loss, uh, I think, there. Uh, on the other hand, Kyle Walker and Alexander-Arnold uh, were selected for the squad. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm tempted to talk about that, but let's move on. And uh, we put one, one defender or one player into a general or versatile uh, category. Actually, a general defender, even a, 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 a midfielder, uh, Kieran Trippier, kind of plays all over the field. So nominally, he's a right winger, um, but I've seen him listed as a right defender also. And uh, it doesn't really matter where he is because uh, he'll probably fill in uh, a little bit here. Oh, sorry, Connor, uh, you were supposed to introduce him. No, that's all right. Yeah, Kieran Trippier, as you mentioned, he's he's kind of settled into a, a right um, wing back or right um, right back position with Newcastle. But yeah, we've also seen him move through to the middle at times. 
um, especially in a three-man defense. But um, Yeah, I think in the last podcast I said he was a left uh, defender for Newcastle, and I kind of view him that way. Am I wrong? I think he's right defender. I think he's right-footed, but he might have might be you know might have played out of position including for england as as we see there's a long list of very capable right backs and a shorter list of left defenders so maybe he's played out of position um yeah in any case we had him as likely to make the squad right and uh he did make the squad and uh, i wouldn't be surprised um if he is playing on the left as you say a bit more need for uh players over there Okay, well, that uh, covers the defense. Let's move on to the uh, uh, midfield. No, I think I forgot to kind of summarize those positions. So let's talk about uh, um, right back. I did do left back. So for right back, uh, Walker has been the default choice uh, for Southgate, but several players have been tried out, partly because Walker uh, sometimes joined the three-man central defense, leaving the kind of the... uh, right wing position open for others to get starts. So that was more often uh, Reese James, but Alexander and Trippier both had a turn. Uh, Reese James uh, was obviously making a strong bid as a starter um, until he got injured. He had played uh, left wing twice and once when Walker was not playing uh, central defense even. Um, so there we go. I think it was Reese James in the September games uh, before he got injured there. All right, uh, let's move on to the midfield. And we typically do defensive and central midfielders uh, together. So we'll go through the candidates and then talk about the position. Yeah, so on the defensive midfield side, we have um, two likely candidates, um, West Ham's Declan Rice and also uh, Man City's Calvin Phillips. Um, and then kind of a central midfield, there's two other likely candidates to add to our list, uh, Jude Bellingham and Phil Foden. And then a couple of possible candidates we had uh, were James Ward-Prowse, uh, Jordan Henderson, and Connor Gallagher. Okay, well, let's uh, see who made it. Sorry, I just uh, lost my spot there. Um Yeah, uh, Ward-Prowse, the possible candidate, did not make the squad. However, uh, Jordan Henderson did. Uh, And uh, Conor Gallagher also uh, made the squad. And um, if we go to the um, likely candidates, uh, we have Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice both making it. And we have uh, Jude Bellingham and Phil Foden also both making it. So uh, six of them there, although... Um, I should have said that I moved uh, Phil Foden to the attacking midfielder position. So I'll just do that right here. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, position. Um, uh, in a 4-3-3, it's usually Rice uh, as the central midfielder. And in a 4-2-1-3, uh, it tends to be Rice and Phillip. And that was the case in the Euro Cup and World Cup qualifying. But uh, Henderson sometimes got a start in World Cup qualifying. Um, Bellingham was used twice as a defensive midfielder. And it was Bellingham and Rice for both of the September Nations League games. Uh, Calvin Phillips out injured um, at that time. And I'll just report on that injury uh, here he was out with a shoulder injury from early October to early November, but he did play for his club uh, just recently uh, on November twelfth. 
Okay, are we um, ready to move on? Yeah. Okay, um, let's, yeah, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, we'll just mention that we'll talk next about uh, left midfielders. All right, and uh, you're going to take us through the candidates there? Um, yeah, so left midfielders, um, this would kind of be in a more central um, position as opposed to like a winger, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, between the left and right, we only really identified one um, player who seems to be off the squad, and that was uh, Jesse Lingard. Yeah, uh, the position only exists in a 4-3-3, so it's not used much. Um, uh, when it is used, Mount and then increasingly Bellingham since the 2021 Euro Cup. Uh, but the position, again, was not used in the September Nations League games. And actually, that's uh, going to be the story on the right side. Uh, we don't have any candidates there. And uh, um, a variety of players filled the spot when they did use it. Uh, but it wasn't used in the September game. So we won't go into too much uh, detail there. Just uh, Lingard did get one start uh, as uh, as a right midfielder. But um, yeah, they tend to not to use it. So we are... Oh, so I'll erase uh, Jesse Lingard from the list because he didn't make it. And uh, we'll move on to left wingers here. All right. Um, so in... Uh, as a definite candidate, we had um, Chelsea's Raheem Sterling. Um, likely, we had Man City's Jack Grealish. And possible, we had Man United's uh, Jadon Sancho. Yes, and uh, Jadon Sancho didn't make the squad. I think his club form uh, wasn't that good. What do you think? Yeah, um, club form not great and also not even starting consistently. So... Um, yeah, not a huge surprise there. Yeah. On the other hand, Raheem Sterling and uh, Jack Grealish both made the squad. And I'm actually going to change the title uh, to left-wingers and left-attacking midfielders. And uh, the reason for that is that uh, when it's a left-winger, it's often uh, the, the defensive player uh, moving up into that position, the three-man defense and uh, and the right and left backs moving up into the midfield. So we're kind of considering the more attacking players here um, at the top of the field, maybe a left attacking uh, midfielder or even a left forward. So uh, Sterling is the main candidate for the position with Mount uh, increasingly used because Sterling, uh, Sterling sometimes switched flanks. Uh, oddly, it was uh, right winger Sacco, as we said, playing left winger uh, in the first of the September League, uh, September Nations League games, and then um, uh, Sterling playing the left attacking midfielder in the other one. And I guess to be fair to Jaden Sancho, neither Raheem Sterling or Jack Grealish are playing that well for their clubs either. Um, however, yeah. Jaden Sancho um, has been less involved than the others since the uh, since the Euro Cup. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, we're not uh, we're not really judging the players, but going more on their uh, uh, participation. So uh, let's move over to right wingers, or I might as well change that to uh, uh, anyway. I'll change it to right attacking midfielders too, while you take us through the candidates. Yeah, so the likely candidate we identified was Bukayo Saka with Arsenal. Um, we also identified as possible um, Jared Bowen of West Ham. Right. Well, uh, um, Jared Bowen didn't make the squad. Again, maybe a form issue there. 
And uh, we also uh, technically had uh, Kieran Trippier here, but we dealt with him as a versatile uh, defender midfielder. Uh, Kyle Basaka, uh, sorry, but Kyle Saka, on the other hand, uh, did make the squad. Uh, so uh, as with the left side, usually it's a right back pushing up when it's a, a, a winger position. Um, uh, Saka is the main candidate, but uh, Phil Foden sometimes plays there. And um, Sterling and Saka uh, do sometimes switch sides. So actually it was Phil Foden starting both of the September Nations League games as the uh, right attacking midfielder. Uh, Phil Foden we're going to talk about soon as an attacking uh, midfielder, but in this case he was playing on the right. And actually, let's move on to attacking midfielders. Yeah, so um, we did have Phil Foden as likely, as we also had uh, Mason Mount. And then we had one player who identified as possible but unlikely, and that's Arsenal's Emil Smithrow. Uh, right, I think um, we... Yes, okay. Well, Emil Smithrow, uh, in addition to being possible but unlikely, went in for groin surgery uh, in early October and wouldn't be available until November 28th. But he was uh, um, not that likely to make the squad anyway. So uh, we delete him from the list. Um, we do have um, Mason Mount, in addition to Phil Foden, making the final squad. Uh, but we also have a new candidate, uh in um james madison um making the squad so we didn't uh, introduce him um uh in the previous podcast so we should do that here uh, yeah, in so terms of yeah his sorry you go ahead yeah just um i'll just mention i guess his, his club form and then you can talk about recent form um so he's been with leicester city since 2018 um he actually uh was with north city before that and then uh, emerge through the Coventry uh, youth system. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, he last appeared for the national team on the bench in November 2019, so uh, hasn't been um, hasn't been on the squad quite a while. But his form is quite good uh, in his club play, so he uh, earned a spot. Uh, just named to the final squad, though, wasn't part of the September uh, games or anything and has never been involved in a tournament um, for England before. Yeah, in fact, just has one England cap to his name. Yeah, oh, wow. Okay, um, let's move on to the forwards. No, actually, I'll just talk a little bit about the attacking midfielder position. So uh, in terms of the central attacking midfielder position, it's not often used. Uh, but when it is, it's almost always Mason Mount who is there. Uh, but it wasn't used in the September Nations League games. Okay, now on to forwards. And right. Um, so um, for forwards, we have a, a kind of a lengthy list, but only one definite, and that was uh, Harry Kane. Um, we had a couple possible candidates in uh, Tammy Abrahams and Ollie Watkins. And then we had a kind of a long list of players who seemed to be off the squad. Um, that included Everton's dominant Calvert-Lewin, uh, Marcus Rashford, Danny Welbeck, uh, Callum Wilson, um, and Patrick Bamford of Leeds. Yeah, well, now, uh, because we watched the Premier League, it seems like some of these players are, uh, you know, far off the squad. 
Um, so uh, Patrick Bamford, uh, not selected. Uh, Danny Welbeck, not selected. And Cal uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, not chosen. Those those seem to be off the squad anyway. But the two possible candidates also, Tammy Abraham and Ollie Watkins, uh, not selected. But going back to those who seem to be off the squad, uh, two of them were selected. Uh, Marcus Rashford and Callum Wilson, uh, both making the squad. And uh, also, of course, uh, uh, Harry Kane making the squad. Uh, so that's a bit of a surprise, hey, Connor? Yeah, um, people may be uh, surprised to know that we had particularly Marcus Rashford um, as appears to be off the squad. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk about him or his, his appearance history? Yeah, uh, not his whole appearance history, but uh, he um, um, was a start. Yeah, well, he was in the Euro 2016, World Cup 2018 and Euro 2020. Uh, he was always kind of a substitute. Uh, in those, but uh, he last appeared in the Euro 2020, so uh, that's why we had him as seemingly off the squad. But I agree with you, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a surprise to think of him that way. Yeah, and Callum Wilson, um, he last appeared for the national team on the bench in November 2019, um, but like Matt, James Madison, he seems to have gotten the call based on uh, good play with his club. Yeah, I mean, that definitely seems to be, uh, um, I mean, maybe we're recognizing it because we're more familiar uh, with the Premier League, but it does seem to be a fairly big factor. Um, and, and sometimes when I talk to, you know, people from uh, other countries, Morocco or Iran or something, who are more intimate with the players, uh, they're kind of aware of how they're doing in their club play. So they'll say, oh, no, that guy, that guy has been... Uh, um, you know, in, in poor form for the last year. So uh, form does seem to seem to play a fairly big role. All right, well, that finishes the list and we're going to come back. Um, uh, we're going to come back uh, and pick the starters from that list, but we'll just go over a couple of things that we've been doing, uh, some statistics on the players. So we did statistics on all the players in the main podcast. Now we're going to focus on just these 26 players and um take it away connor yeah so the average age of the england squad is 26.5 um and actually england has not selected any players 33 or older um, and have four players who are 22 or younger so um that alone suggests it's a bit more youth than experience certainly compared to some other teams yeah, I mean, we're revising our position on what the uh, average age is. I think we used to think uh, 25 to 27, so, uh, you know, above 26 was a bit old, but it's proving different. Uh, they're the only team so far that I've seen that have no players 33 or older, and it's looking like 26.5 is actually uh, pretty young as an average age uh, of the squad. Uh, can you tell us who the oldest and youngest are? Yeah, the, uh, the oldest players at 32 are Kyle Walker, Kieran Trippier, and uh, Jordan Henderson. Um, and the youngest is just 19-year-old Jude Bellingham. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and actually, the, the two of the younger ones, Phil Foden and Bakayo Saka, are pretty uh, integrated into the squad. On a lot of other teams, we see the younger players are just kind of coming into the squad. So uh, the youth of England uh, uh, doing quite well uh, getting into the squad, hey? Yeah. 
All right, let's look at whether that, uh, that youthfulness uh, means they have fewer caps than, than uh, others. Yeah, the average caps um, of those uh, 26 players is just 13.5. No, I'm sorry, Connor, that's a mistake in my uh, data there. It's actually, uh, should be 38. Okay, it seemed yeah. a little low, but uh, yeah. <laughs> there we go, 38. <laughs> And uh, in comparison with others, the, the average that uh, we have is 36. So actually, uh, despite being a little bit younger, uh, no, sorry, Connor, uh, I'm mistaken again. It's 31.5. Okay. 13.5 uh, was, a, was a mistype. Um, so actually, the average is uh, 36, as I said. So uh, the youthfulness is kind of causing, uh, does kind of come along with a, a bit of a lack of experience. Uh, we've done eight teams so far uh, for the uh, statistics on this, and they are the uh, second lowest uh, there. But I'm not sure it matters that much. Okay, uh, let's take a look at total goals. The numbers themselves don't mean that much. Um, uh, 118 uh, total goals uh, and that. We, we kind of run a little statistic that works out to 14.4%. Um, uh, and what that is is total goals per cap. So it kind of gives us an impression of how they are um, as a scoring team, but really it's only understandable in terms of comparison with other teams. So the average is 12.9. So they're a bit above average in terms of scoring. Uh, but, you know, uh, Brazil, for example, is 16.9. So they're not, uh, they're not among the top scorers. Maybe you can uh, give us a little info on who's getting their goals. Yeah, so uh, Harry Kane, as might be expected as their leading goal scorer. He's got 51 goals across 75 caps. So personally, that's a 68% ratio. He's scoring in 68% of his games. That's um, two out of three games. That's an absolutely stunning ratio. Yeah. Maybe one of the highest in the world, actually. Yeah, amazing. Um, and then it drops off um, considerably. Um, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Ratt, Schford, um, actually even Callum Wilson, though just from four caps, they all sit around the 25% mark. So Harry Kane far and away, again, 68%. Yeah, 25% is a, a, a reasonable, like a, a fairly good scoring rate, one goal every four games. Uh, it's not stunning. Uh, Bakayo Saka is around is, uh, at 20%. Um, so uh, really, the, uh, to me, this suggests they are a bit over, a bit reliant on Harry Kane. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they do have lots of players who can score, and um, you know they'll rely on that. But um, yeah, Harry Kane, far and away, um, you know, is is the player that they're going to be getting their goals from. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, we won't dwell on that too much. Uh, we're going to finish with a, a, a bunch of summaries. And so we'll uh, tell you what the titles are and then uh, mostly just give the names because we've covered the details uh, in the podcast. We begin with notable non-selections. Um, and we actually don't have any. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, but Yeah, I mean, we, we should have said this for Eric Dyer in the, uh, in the previous podcast. That's the only one I can really think of. Yeah, but yeah, in terms of non-selection, I mean, based on our list of, of you know, particularly definite and likely candidates, um, 
you know, other than a couple injuries, which we'll talk about too, no real um, surprise, nobody left out that we are kind of shocked by. Yeah, and not even any kind of uh, big retiring players that I can think of that are a big loss. Yeah, I think there's a, a fairly high degree of consistency from Euro 2020. And I think with, with Southgate, we've seen that he's he's loyal to his players. He's not going to just pick who's, who's in form or not. I mean, it plays a part, but some players that we mentioned are not particularly in form, including you know, Harry Maguire or Raheem Sterling, but they've, they've done well for him in the past. So we've seen that Southgate tends to stick with him and, and that may contribute to the lack of really no, no notable non-selections, not leaving people out that um, have been part of the team kind of in the lead up to this tournament. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a good thing to say. And I think that kind of explains, you know, there's a, a bit of a hullabaloo in England about Ivan Tomey, uh, Ivan Tony not being selected, but I think you're right. It's uh, Gareth Southgate conservatism. Um, uh, he he's just not going to jump on a player who's hot. I mean, I, actually contradicting a little bit of what we've said in this podcast. But uh, any comments on the Ivan Tony uh, selection, non-selection? Uh, again, if he was choosing Tony, he'd be choosing a player that he hasn't really worked with for England much. Um, you know, and it's it's a bit of a risk versus some players that he's worked for it and knows a bit more. Um, I think it comes down a little bit to style. Um, but um, you know, they had a lot of forwards, you know, but I, I don't think I don't think Gareth Southgate sees the World Cup as the opportunity to try out players. I think that will be reserved for Nations League and, and friendlies. Yeah, yeah, good point. I wasn't personally surprised that he didn't choose Tony. I like Tony and I think he's good, but uh, as you say, it's kind of a bit of the shiny object uh, uh, phenomenon to, to choose him, and Gareth Southgate doesn't really do that. Yeah, I was a little more surprised with Tammy Abraham, um, to be honest. Um, but England, you know, they often have one player, you know, one striker, sometimes supported by wingers. So they don't use a ton of forwards, and we know that Kane is going to be the starter. So, um, Do you mean you were surprised he wasn't selected? Just a little bit. Um, yeah. We did. We had listed him as possible. Um, well, but... you can't help see a general theme of him uh, uh, not really choosing the overseas players. I mean, we don't really know if he gave them uh, uh, due consideration. But uh, you know, t- uh, for Kyle Tomori, uh, the is it Edwards on Sporting Lisbon? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tammy yeah. Abraham. You know, they didn't uh, really seem to be in the conversation that much. Yeah. But anyway, um, we'd better move on to uh, surprise inclusions. Yes, um, and we'll do that. And the the two names that we mentioned um, were Marcus Rashford and Callum Wilson, both of whom we kind of identified as as seemingly off the squad. Yeah, and that's really our basis for saying uh, they're surprise inclusions. Marcus Rashford, uh, in the grand scheme of things, not really a surprise, but uh, because we had had him as seemingly off the squad, that's why we uh, put him here. Uh, let's look at the new candidates. Yeah, so the new players. There's two. So the first is Eric Dyer, who's new in the sense that he had an absence, but he actually has a long history with England, with the England team. And then one kind of genuinely new player, and that's James Madison. Yeah, and uh, really our basis here is that. Uh, they were new to us because we we kind of hadn't covered them in the previous podcast because they didn't seem to be in the picture. So, 
Uh, okay, let's go uh, update on injury. And we've divided this into smaller categories, uh, beginning with those who have recovered from an injury. Uh, maybe we mentioned them as a, an injury question in the previous podcast. Um, yeah, so in recovered is Calvin Phillips. He's very recently recovered from his injury, um, but he did play for his club on November 12th. Yeah, okay, and uh, he's the only candidate there. Next one is uh, an injury doubt, but nevertheless remains on the roster. Yeah, and for that we have Kyle Walker. Um, kind of a groin injury had kept him out from early October until now, so he kind of doesn't have a, a known return date, but he, he was selected um, nonetheless, so presumably um, Southgate expects him to be fit. Yeah, exactly, Southgate knew when making the selection okay well we have uh, a couple of players dropped due to injury yeah two chelsea uh, fullbacks reese james and ben chilwell right and we had reese james as a definite uh chilwell we only had as a uh a possible but i think it was maybe a little bit uh, higher than that so both of these are big loss uh to southgate and finally we have uh Players who were injured, but were, were not really strong candidates anyway. Yeah, and for that, we just have Emil Smith-Rowe. Right. Okay. Well, uh, now we get to the uh, part of the podcast where we predict the starters. So I have to magically uh, populate the lists. And there it is. It's populated. So just like magic. And um, uh, how about you take us through the candidates and uh, I will talk about our previous predictions and whether we're sticking with them. Yeah, so um, of course we have Gareth Southgate as manager. Uh, we expect yeah. him to remain. No need to um, talk about that one. And then for goalkeepers, we have Jordan Pickford, Nick Pope and Aaron Ramsdale. Right, and uh, we had nominated Pickford as a starter in the previous podcast, but uh, the, re the, the recent challenges by Ramsdale and Pope uh, puts that in doubt. Uh, both of them and their teams are in good form, while Pickford's team, uh, Pickford team at least, not so much Pickford himself, but is at a low uh, point in form. So for me, it could be any of them, um, uh, any of them, uh, I'm tempted to put them all in yellow. How about you, Connor? I, I think um, Pickford was injured, actually, um, for the last couple of games when Pope started. I, I do think Gareth Southgate will go back to Pickford. Um, I know the other keepers are playing well and are on teams higher up the table, but I think he'll be uh, loyal to Pickford, and I would expect Pickford to start. Okay, well, um, I think I'll go along with that because, as you say, Gareth uh, Southgate's conservatism uh, leans me towards Pickford. And I also didn't realize he was injured during those last two games. So uh, when I saw that Pope started them both, I was thinking, oh, you know, a, cha a change of guard here. Uh, but, yeah, I think at least he'll start Pickford. Maybe if he's not playing well, um, he he'll go to the others uh, uh, maybe quickly, do you think? Yeah, possibly, um, but I think it would have to be pretty, um, pretty dramatic. I think we'll see Pickford for most of it, except for maybe a B team game if, if, if one arises. Okay, well, we'll stick with Pickford then. Uh, let's move on to the central defenders. All right, so we have uh, Harry Maguire, John Stones, Connor Cody, Ben White, and Eric Dyer. 
Right, and we had nominated uh, Maguire and Stones as a starter. Uh, uh, Eric Dyer wasn't part of our discussion because he uh, seemed to be off the squad. Now that Dyer is back, he could challenge for a position, uh, even if it's a back two and certainly if it's a back three. Uh, Maguire is out of form and uh, Ben White is in form, but again, Southgate's conservatism may may well see him sticking with Maguire. Um what do you think before before I say what I think? Yeah, I again, I, I think Southgate will go with the players who got him here, and that includes um, you know Harry Maguire. I think there's some chatter about that, but he's he's played well for England, so I'm going to stick with what we had: Maguire and Stones. Okay, um, uh, you're thinking a two a two man backline, hey? Yeah. Okay, I actually was going to put a kind of a rotation of uh, Maguire, Stones, and uh, Eric Dyer. You don't see Eric Dyer as part of the uh, um, as part of the equation now. I just think his general lack of recent involvement um, means that I don't think Gareth Southgate will necessarily throw him right in. But I, I think it's possible to see him for sure, especially in a three-man backline. Yeah. Okay, well, again, I'm, I'm tempted to uh, agree with you because of uh, Southgate's conservatism. Uh, so we'll nominate Maguire and Stones uh, as, the, uh, as the two starters. And, um, you know, it could be a, a three-man backline in which... Uh, who would you choose as the third for a three-man backline? I, I think Gareth Southgate could choose Kyle Walker, but, um, yeah... Interesting. Ben White, again, doesn't have tons of recent experience, but he's been the man in form. So um, difficult to say, but possibly dire just on the fact that he has more caps. Yeah, I was thinking dire until you mentioned uh, Kyle Walker. Now that you do mention it, I think it's a pretty even uh, even bet between those two. Okay, let's uh, move on to left-backs. Well, we have uh, Ben Chilwell, who's injured, so really we only have the one candidate here. Yeah, Luke uh, Shaw. Luke Shaw. Uh, well, I would argue maybe two candidates, because I think Kieran Trippier could uh, uh, could play as the uh, left-back. Yeah, I think it's possible. I think he, he's more likely to be used on the right, but that is crowded. Um, so... Yeah, are you confident in nominating Shaw as a as the um, starter, or do you think there could could be a bit more up in the air? I don't know. I think uh, Shaw's form hasn't been great. I wonder if he kind of came back from an injury as well. Uh, he's just. It seems to me like he's just kind of returned to playing with Manchester United. Um, so I'm tempted to kind of put him and uh, Trippier uh, in yellow here. I don't see an injury actually for him, but he didn't play much in August and September uh, and kind of started playing from the beginning of October. Oh. Um, let's go with yellow on this one. Or how confident are you in Shaw? I, I'm fine with yellow. I, I think it will be Shaw, but um, yeah, it, it could be... Uh... We could see a couple of different players. Okay, I'm going to move Trippier up and uh, we'll go with yellow uh, for the time being. Maybe yellow is a default if we uh, if we disagree unless we can persuade each other. 
All right, let's uh, look at right back. Uh, James Reese. Uh, oh, sorry, Reese James, not part of the conversation here because he's injured. So, uh, who do we have? We have uh, Kyle Walker and Alexander Arnold. Okay, and it seems like you want to put uh, Trippier into this discussion too. Yeah, I think so, especially given um, that Alexander Arnold, you know, doesn't really seem to be favored. Kyle Walker is being injured, so I think we could see Kieran Trippier on the right at least to start. I agree. I do think he's a candidate over there. Uh, I think Southgate likes Kyle Walker more because he's a more defensive-minded uh, player. I actually don't think he really. Uh, uh, I don't think Alexander Arnold's style sits well with him. Uh, great going forward, but not reliable enough in defence. So, um, uh, however, there is a chance that Kyle Walker plays as a central defender, and that one of Arnold. Uh, one of Alexander Arnold or Trippier plays as the winger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I do agree though that um, that Southgate favors Kyle Walker, so I'd be I'd probably be happy to nominate him as a starter. As, as a starter, previously. Yeah, would you nominate uh, either uh, Alexander Arnold or Trippier as a starter uh, on the on the wing? Possibly, yeah. I think if it's a a five. You know, three at the back and two wing backs. Then I think Trippier will will start somewhere. Yeah, uh, I think so too. I'd be more uh, likely to nominate uh, Trippier, but we already have him in yellow, uh, which kind of indicates a, a possible starter uh, there. I think uh, I think uh, Alexander Arnold is a possible starter too, but I'm not uh, confident enough to actually highlight highlight it. Should we move on? Yeah, we'll talk about defensive and central midfielders. Right. And the names we have there are Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips, Jude Bellingham, Jordan Henderson, and Connor Gallagher. All right. And uh, let me see what we did last time. We we had nominated Rice as a definite starter. um, And uh, Southgate's conservatism, again, uh, suggests he would go with Phillips. uh, uh, If he is match fit, he is recovered from his injury, though he may lack match fitness. So um, uh, my temptation would be to go uh, green on Declan Rice as a definite and yellow on Calvin Phillips as a possible starter. And maybe even yellow on Jude Bellingham. What do you think? Yeah, I think on on form and and fitness, it could be Jude Bellingham. So I agree with you. I think Rice will definitely start and would put him green. And I would think Calvin Phillips and Jude Bellingham are both possible starters. Okay, uh, that's pretty much where I land as well. Uh, okay, we move all the way to left wingers and left attacking midfielders. And, um, uh, oh, yeah, take us through the candidates. Yeah, here we have uh, Raheem Sterling and Jack Grealish. All right. Um, any started? Well, let me just say what we talked about last time. So, uh, Sterling sometimes does switch to the right side of the field. So, uh, I think we're going to see him as a starter somewhere on the field, not necessarily in this position. Yeah, I agree. Uh, how about Jack Grealish? Yeah, I don't really see him starting, certainly ahead of Sterling. Yeah. Okay, so Sterling uh, as a definite and Jack Grealish, um, uh, I guess I guess that pretty much says we think of him as a substitute. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about right wingers? Well, we only really have one on the right wing, though other players can play it, and that's uh, Bukayo, Saka, or Bukayo Saka. Yeah, we do have sometimes uh, Raheem Sterling moving over, so... Um, 
uh, like Sterling, uh, Saka does. Uh, actually, Sterling and Saka don't always start, but they do seem the, the main players in these positions. Uh, Foden, though, is a, it's a bit of a challenge to both of them. Uh, and so we'll add him to this discussion, even though we have him as an attacking midfielder. Uh, Bakayo uh, Sako or Foden? I would go with Saka in this case. Yeah, me too. I think uh, Southgate kind of preferred him in the Euro Cup uh, mm-hmm. there as the starter, even though Phil Foden, I thought, played well. Uh, okay, we move on to attacking midfielders. Yeah, so here we have Mason Mount. <coughs> Uh, Phil Foden, who we've talked about, and uh, newcomer James Madison. Okay. Uh, well, uh, what we said before was um, um, uh, Mount doesn't always start. So none of these guys actually, even Serling and Saka, don't always start. But uh, we, we kind of put them as a really strong yellow. <laughs> um, however, uh, Mount is uh, present on the left or in the middle enough. Uh, that it would be a bit of a surprise to me if he didn't start. How about you? Yeah, I think game one that we're likely to see Mason Mount. Again, not not based on club form, but just based out of kind of loyalty and service to Southgate in the past. Yeah. Uh, would you see Foden as a sometimes starter? Absolutely. I think, And I think Foden is versatile enough that he could kind of sub in for any of those three players that we've mentioned, Sterling, Saka, or Mount. So I, I think that it's that he'll start some games for sure, and he will see some action. Yeah, but not quite enough to put in green. Not quite enough. I think the three names are the are who I think would be the three most likely. Yeah, I agree with you there. So that would leave James Madison as a uh, substitute, which I think would be the case. Uh, and finally, we have forwards. Yeah, um, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, and Callum Wilson. Who do you see there? Uh, I, I got us. I mean, obviously it's came, but I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit concerned about the lack of backup there. Just two players. Yeah, and perhaps um, you know, starting two forwards doesn't really seem an option. I guess Sterling could play it, but um, I think as a starter, we know it's going to be Kane. Um, and uh, yeah, as long as he's healthy, I think he'll be uh, starting for sure. Yeah, and if he's not healthy, uh, a bit of a problem because we saw they're pretty reliant him for reliant on him for uh, goals. Okay, we're going to uh, finish with closing thoughts, but rather than uh, kind of um, rediscuss everything that we did in the team podcast, which is where we did most of this discussion, uh, that would be the group podcast, but uh, the England team. Uh, we're just going to focus on one question, and that's it. Are you ready, Connor? Yeah. Does the selection uh, that we've seen change our opinion about England's chances? I don't think so. Um, I think, um, you know, Southgate basically brought who we thought he brought. If anything, you know, perhaps it I, it could decrease my thought about their chances just because so many of his reliable players um, aren't necessarily informed for their clubs. But I, I think with Southgate, he doesn't spring that many surprises. And he's built... Rather than just kind of a collection of players, he seemed to have built a team spirit with England. And I think he's continuing that. He's continuing with a lot of the players that were in the Euros. And I think he's trying to grow the team. So, yeah, for, for me, it, it's what we thought would happen. So, um, yeah, that's kind of no, no new uh, changes for England. Yeah. Uh, well, my take on it is basically the same. I don't think... Uh... It really changes my opinion about their chances. But one uh, one worry that I do have 
is that uh, his conservative um, uh, conservatism uh, may may bring England back to the point they were. Uh, um, I mean, really, before Euro 2020, and that was an England where everybody seemed really nervous. Sometimes they seemed like deer in the headlights uh, on the field. And um, uh, as you say, like he'll probably use players that are uh, not in good form. Uh, they had a bit more of a freewheeling spirit in the Euro 2020. I just kind of feel like that's gone. Yeah, I, I do think with Southgate, he is trying to grow a project. And I guess we'll see whether that, I mean, they've achieved good things so far, you know, semifinals at the World Cup. Yeah. And um, and uh, final at the Euro. So in some ways, there's really, other than winning it, there's nowhere to go but down. <laughs> but I I think we'll, we'll kind of see the continued evolution of um, of England and, and hopefully for them, a, a, you know, at least as, as competitive as they have been in their last two tournaments. Okay, uh, maybe I'll throw in one question just to close then. Uh, where do you see England finishing? And m- more specifically, what do you think they would be uh, realistically satisfied with or would be a realistic uh, goal? I mean, I, I think based on what they've done, I think they'll aim to get to the final. They'll want to improve on a semi-final appearance um, from the last World Cup. Really, I think if they got to the final four, they're doing quite well, and that may depend on who they play. I think they should be satisfied with the semifinal because I don't think they're a finished product yet. Um, but like I said, they've set the bar high over the last tournament, so it yeah. may be um, not a lot of room for growth there, really. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say uh, uh, quarterfinals losing in a penalty shootout. Oh, the dreaded penalty shootout. dreaded penalty shootout. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's not what I hope for, but that is what uh, that is uh, kind of my uh, my guess. Anyway, uh, that brings us to the end of this podcast. So keep in mind, we may be editing together a list of the bios of twenty six uh, the twenty six final candidates. So uh, that'll actually be taken out of the main podcast and edited together, rather than being a separate podcast. And uh, if we do it, it'll come out in the first few days of the cup. Uh, but it depends on whether we have time to do it. Personally, I would like to have uh, that list to listen to just before uh, going into a game. All right. Um, well, meanwhile, keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And our website, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And check our show notes uh, for links to our website and previous podcast series. Okay. Well, we'll see you in our next podcast. See you then. Bye-bye.